Awesome. Well, it's been a great week, interesting week. Things around the world are changing continuously. We've seen the Prime Minister of uh, New Zealand stepping down. Yeah, hallelujah. And it's uh, a good thing. And you're going to see more to come. There's Justin Trudeau to come yet. There's uh, Macron from France and, uh, and many others. So just stay tuned. God is moving. God is doing a work. Amen. Fantastic. You know, when we look out into the world, people say things like, and I, just, I hear this so often because of the craziness. People go, the, mad, the world's gone mad. The world's gone absolutely mad. And I go, yeah, that's how it appears. It, it is. But what you're actually witnessing is a battle, a clash between what is called good and what is evil. You're seeing the effects of that. That's what's really happening. That's why it looks so mad. All this stuff has been orchestrated by the evil one, and you're just seeing it come to light. The Bible talks about bringing everything to the light to expose the truth. And what the world is starting to see is the evil that's been hiding and lurking in the dark for many years starting to come forward to the light. And we go, oh my goodness, I can't believe that's happening. I can't. Well, it's been going on for a long time. There's a lot of things that have been going on that you're going to find out in due time uh, of what has really been going on in this world. There is a kingdom of God and there's a kingdom of darkness at work. As a Christian, we need to understand things are not going back to Normal. Remember that word that was used particularly a year or so ago? Oh, you know, stop the spread, let's go back to normal and all that. Things are not going back to normal because that was never normal. I want you to understand what you were living before is not normal. It was never normal. It was not what God had planned. Because there is no normal until the fulfillment of God's rule here on earth is in place. This is why Jesus taught us to pray this. He says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, Therefore pray in this way, Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your will, how it is operating 24-7 in heaven, let it be done here on earth. That's when it becomes normal. Heaven has always been normal. It's only because of the fall of Satan from heaven, took a third of God's angels, and the sin of man, that this place become abnormal. We are living in an abnormal world. This is not normal. It has not been normal. But it's going to be normal. Hallelujah. This is what normal looks like. God's total rule here on earth as it is in heaven. Can you imagine what that would look like? It's kind of hard. You get a touch of it when you read God's Word, when you start seeing pictures in heaven, particularly from the book of Revelation. I mean, that's kind of freaky when you see those creatures with hundred eyes and whatever it is, and you go, oh my goodness, imagine being like that. You know, uh, well, it's something to uh, ponder, isn't it? It's something to think about. Um, but you're, watch, you're watching right now an earth that is disintegrated because evil is being exposed and the light, the power of God is rising. The power of God is about to move and is moving already around the world. You may not hear about it because you're not going to see it on the mainstream media. You've got to understand the mainstream media is owned and controlled by the evil ones. It says so. Just look up, um, I'll quote the verse in a minute, in, in Ephesians. Principalities of darkness in the airways. Things are being controlled. So you're not going to see the truth. They do not want to promote the gospel on TV Thousands of people coming to Christ right now around the world, and you're going to see some of that movie that we advertised earlier, 
people's lives are being transformed around the place. And do you think that's going to make the Channel 7 news? Channel 9 news? No. They don't want you to know about that. They want to shut everything down to do with Christianity. But they cannot close it because God is on the throne. Amen. You know, there's a great dysfunction in this world. And that's where we bring order. As a Christian, we bring order to this world. Have you ever had people go to you at the workplace or school that don't really know much about you, but they start chatting to you and they say, there's something different about you. Have you ever had that? There's something, you, I don't know what it is, you're different to people. And you could take that as an offense and go, what do you mean different? <laughs> but as a Christian, it should be going, yeah, that's right. Do you want me to tell you what that difference is? I've had it before. I had it in the workplace one time. A guy used to come in, uh, he's working at a car parts place. Every day I'd come in and buy parts and just have a little chat to him and uh, and one day he, he came to the counter and he just stopped. He goes, I've, got, I've been meaning to ask you something. And I said, what's that? He goes, he said, well, I've been observing there's something different about you. There's something different. <laughs> now, I've always been told that my, all my life, but uh, for different reasons. But <laughs> he says, there's something different. And, and I said, well, it's probably because I'm a Christian. He goes, I knew it. I knew it. He said, I've just started going to church and, and I just sensed there's something different about you. And I said, well, that's what it is. And people should see that in you. People should see, if they don't see any different in you, you've got to start going, hey, okay, I've got some work to do here. I've got to get closer to God here because it's obviously not having an effect on people. I'm telling you, the more you have of God, the more you're going to affect people in your world. More people are going to engage with you. I have some amazing conversations. You know, we just had one just the other week, just up in Handorf just sitting there, and a guy just starts talking to us and uh, out of the blue and tells us his whole story. And at the end of all that, I said, you've had a hard, pretty life, you know, and I, I said, we're pastors from a church. Love for you to come, come to our church, you know. Let's catch up sometime. He goes, I might do that. So I wrote down my details, gave him all that. Encounters that you have daily, you've got to be ready for. Always be ready to give an account of the hope that is in you. That's what the Bible says. We've got to be ready for those moments. I look forward to them. I go, okay, God, what's in for today? Who we got? Come on. Anyone? Anyone? <laughs> You've got to be on the alert because God will bring people your way. God does that in crazy ways. You know, we said wherever we go, we seem to bump into somebody who wants to talk to us. And it wasn't as if, like, I had a sign, ask me anything you like. <laughs> um, he just kept looking over at us, and, uh, and I caught, caught his eye. Oh, I thought it was perhaps somebody he, who knew me from the past, and that was a worry. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but it wasn't the case. Uh, and he was looking for a, a moment so he could jump in. And, and, and you've got to just grab those moments. You've just got to grab those moments. We've got to press into the things of God. We've got to press into those things. Our title, Pressing Forward, is about that. It's not about standing still. It's pressing forward into the things of God. What is God calling us to? What is God directing us to? He is our director, and he has an assignment for each one of us. You know, as we press forward, we are pressing forward into His kingdom. As I said, the Lord's Prayer, His kingdom come. His will be done on earth as it is on heaven. This is why we pray it daily. It's not just something we do. Unfortunately, some people just do it like a religious duty, the Lord's Prayer, and oh, I've done that, and I feel happy, I've ticked that off, and, and that's it. But it's actually living words, living proclamations that you're making. Lord, that your kingdom be here on earth like it is in heaven. 
We're longing for that day. We're hungry for that moment. We want things to change. We want to see the power of God move. Because we are not of this world. You know, we're in this world, yes, but we're not of this world. And that's why you've got to understand and be careful that you're not pressing into the wrong thing because you've only got to be off track one degree and you're going to be way out of alignment with God. You need to be pressing in on the true line of God. Jesus made it clear with two roads that you can follow, two paths. One leads to destruction, one leads to life. You've got to make sure you're on the road to life. Jesus makes it pretty clear that we are not of this world. He says, if you were of this world in John 15, 19, if you were of the world, the world would love its own, but because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Are you ready to be ridiculed? Are you ready to feel uncomfortable? Because that's what will happen if you are a believer in Christ. As you press forward in the kingdom things, you're going to have things pushing back. You're going to get people upset with you. People don't like you. I've had it many times. And you don't take it personal when they do that. It's because they recognize something in you. You're having a moment of encounter. I've had many moments of encounter when you look in somebody's eyes and you, look, and you see something looking back that's not them. And you go, hello, who's home today? And um, you're having a kingdom encounter there because the kingdom is within you. And when you're looking into the eyes of somebody that has not that, has darkness, there's a reaction. I've had many reactions, uh, praying demons out of people and all sorts of stuff, reactions. You know, the... Uh, I've had people. I had one reaction of one girl that looked at me eye to eye and then screamed her head off. And I thought, I'm not that ugly, am I? I suddenly I just felt really conscious. And uh, <laughs> but it, but it was not that because she had an encounter with the kingdom of God that is within. She suddenly had a king, and she said to me later when she was delivered of this thing, she said, "I could not look at you." And I said, you know, why? <laughs> a few zits, no. Um, and, and she goes, oh, no, I just couldn't. She, you, you were just too bright. And she said, when I did look at you, I saw the blood covering you. And I went, whoa. You know, I didn't see any of this, but she's telling me this. She goes, I just could not look. And I, I just had to back off. I'm telling you, as a Christian, you carry the kingdom within you. And when the enemy looks, you cannot, it gets uncomfortable. You know, I, I know when people are uncomfortable. I know when they got something in them because I see them fidgety. They, <laughs> it's like, I can't handle this. You know, they get, get very awkward about things. It's like, oh, yeah, look, I've got to go, I've got to go. Hey, would you like to come back afterwards in the cafe? Oh, no, 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 I've got to go, I've got to go. They cannot handle the presence of God, the kingdom coming out of the people, the, the power. It, and, and you're going to see this. You know, uh, because you're going to make a stand. In this time, it's revealed a lot of things to us, you know, in this two, three years almost now, where people stand with God. You know, I found Christians run away from God. People scared. They look to what the world is saying. But then I've seen Christians stand up and said, no, my God says this, and I believe it. That settles it. We've got to get to a place where we stand up in the Word of God and say, this is the Word of God. I don't care what you're saying is happening. It doesn't make no difference because the Word of God says this. I'm pressing forward into living for Him. I'm pressing forward to believe in what He has to say. We're going to have to make stands. We, this, this church is like that. You know, I was talking to a pastor yesterday. I was in a meeting on the other side of town, and, and he said, you know, there's not many like us. 
And I said, what do you mean? He says, he said, I can only think of a handful of churches that will actually make a stand for things that are wrong. I said, well, we got to. I said, I'm not here to play Mickey Mouse Club. I said, I'm here for the kingdom of God, to advance the kingdom, press forward with God's truth. That's why we go out on marches like for life, for, for, uh, you know, against abortion. That's why we stand for what is true. That's why we speak about these things. You know, I've had churches that will say, no, we don't say that because it's too controversial. It may upset somebody. It may offend somebody. Somebody may leave our church. Well, if you're offended, you're welcome to leave the church. But I want you to stay and hear the word of God. I want you to hear this is what's supposed to change us. You see, <clears throat> I assume if I, if I have a belief and I look to God's word and it says something different to my belief, I assume straight away I am wrong and I will change. But we've got people out there that are so full of pride and other things that they assume God is wrong. That's not how it is. That's not how it is. For it says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the world's rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Therefore, take to yourself the whole armour of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. There are principalities at work in our world right now. That's what you're actually seeing. There are powers that are against us, the Christians. You know, there's an interesting one that just sort of highlighted to me there, and depending on what uh, translation you, has, you have, it says against the world's rulers. And then it says, comma, of the darkness of age. Some says the world's rulers of darkness, but that's not actually what it says. It actually says against the world's rulers Think about who the world rulers are. I just mentioned one this morning. She's been doing some evil stuff behind the scenes in the dark age of darkness that we're in. There are world rulers that have a bent on trying to destroy Christianity. That's why they're putting in these subtle laws. They can't make them too obvious because everyone would jump up. They know if they move slowly and keep pushing in that direction, they'll finally get through. That's where the Christians need to rise up. That's where the Christians need to wake up and say, hey, hey, not on my watch. You ain't pushing any further, buddy. We're pushing you back because we are pressing forward. We are taking the kingdom to the world. We are not those that shrink back. We are not those that pull back. We are standing for what is true and what is the word of God. You know, so we see that there's going to be powers of wickedness. And this is where you've got to be on guard just because your prime minister says something, it doesn't mean it's true. I mean, we used to joke before the COVID time, you can't trust a politician. Suddenly, everybody started trusting a politician. And I go, what the heck changed? You cannot trust anyone but God, the Word of God. So you have to go, when you're in doubt, you look at the Word of God. If you know it's already the Word of God, that's fine. But if you go, hang on, this doesn't seem right. Talking in the conversation yesterday, Guys, said he's had a lot of people come to his church because they knew what they were seeing was something didn't resonate that was right. The way they're treating this whole thing with the lockdowns and all that that we've gone through and exposing uh, the COVID uh, for what it is and all these sort of things. He said, I've had people come to me and said, it didn't resonate to me, but all I could ever hear was from the mainstream media telling me this, 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 and that's how it is, but it just didn't settle with me. And they said, but how good it is, I've come to your church this morning and I've heard a different narrative. And it's a true narrative. That really hit me. I know what is going on now. I know what is going on. You're seeing wickedness raise its ugly head. And like I said, a lot of it is going to come out. 
They've told us a lot of lies. Our government has been lying to us. And, and I don't know why we trust them, because if you go back in history and see, see what they've said in the past, I can give you about 50-odd things that they said were true, which were not true later on. <laughs> so the Word of God is our truth. We must listen to Him and not the lies of the world. Remember, these guys are of this world. We are not of this world, so we cannot expect them to be the same as us. If you're of this world, your father, as Jesus said to the Pharisees, is the devil. But Jesus said, for those that are believers, I am your your God. We listen to the voice of him. We cannot trust those others. That's why it says 1 Timothy 6.12, this is a fight. Fight the good faith of fight. Sorry, fight, fight the good faith or fight of faith. <laughs> there's a there's a blob on my my glasses right here, and it's making it look like another word. Oh, there we go. Fight the good fight of faith. There we go. Thank you for correction there. <laughs> I knew it would come out eventually. It was just a matter of time. But the Bible, when you start reading the Word of God, you'll start to understand God has given us the warnings all along. He uses terms like fighting, the sword, I come with a sword, all this terminology because it's a battle we're in. We are not pressed. Jesus didn't come with a feather duster. He came with a sword. But some people speak like he came with a feather duster. Oh, Jesus loves us. Yes, I know. You know, the Bible tells me so. I'm sorry, but, uh, you know, yeah, that's true. He does love you. Don't get me wrong, but there's more to it than that. Stay tuned for part two. Um, and that's why it gives us warning. Matthew 24, 13 says, But he who endures to the end, the same shall be kept safe. And the gospel of the kingdom shall be proclaimed in all the world as a witness to all nations. And then, then the end shall come. So people say, oh, we're living in the end times. Yes, we certainly are. We are, for sure. But how far in? I don't know. I don't know exactly. But we can see everything, the makeup, the mixture, when you get into the book of Revelations, the book of Daniel, Ezekiel, you'll see there's key things that were prophesied over 2,000 years plus are actually taking place right now. So we know that there's a direction coming and it's being formed, but it's not quite yet because the Bible gives us other key things. It says that um, the gospel, the good news of the kingdom shall be proclaimed in all the world as a witness to all nations. That means all people and then the end shall come. Now, we're getting closer, but we're not there yet. So until it has been proclaimed and preached to all nations, we know it's not quite there, but it's getting close. I know we've, uh, with modern technology, uh, there's, there's uh, gospel groups that are reaching thousands upon thousands of people around the world right now through uh, the internet and all those other things, the YouTubes, <laughs> YouTubers, and so forth. And Jesus said this of himself, that the gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed uh, will be reclaimed until the end of the nations of the world have heard it as a testimony. This means that all unchurched nations, which means peoples, have heard the gospel of the kingdom. It is the duty of every generation of Christians to press on with reclaiming the word to the world. It is our job. You cannot be a secret agent Christian. You've been watching too much 007. You know, you got to say, no, I'm not doing this in secret. I've got to proclaim it. Just be who you are. Don't be crazy either. I find Christians have a problem with getting the balance right. Just be right, okay? Don't be loony. Don't be crazy. We don't want the, you know, this is what puts people off. All oh, those Christians, they're flipping loonies. 
You know, have you ever seen him wave the flags around? And <sighs> I had a lady one time say that to me. She came to this church when we were in the early process of building things. So there was no walls completely finished, whatever. And we, we, we put up a little banner there, you know, of our church name there. We thought we'll start with something. And she came to me, and so that was in my mind. She came to me and said, Pastor, are you into banners? And I went, oh, yeah, we've got one there. With... She says, oh, no, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about raise the banner. Which banner are you talking about? Well, our church banner? No, 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 raise the banner. You know, I've got all these. And I said, oh, no, no, we don't do that here. You know, we, we don't want the world to think we're actually weird. I mean, if you want to do that at home, that's fine. She says, yeah, I've got a whole wardrobe full of them. And I said, well, if you want to run around your room with raise the banner, that's fine, you can do that. But I said, it just disturbs things here. I had a couple here one time waltzing in the back aisle as we were worshipping. I didn't know what was going on because I'm looking forward. And someone came past, past, there's a couple of weird people back there. They're waltzing. <laughs> and I'm going, well, when it becomes a show-off thing about you, that's when you've got to worry about it, you know. Like, I, I know everyone has a different way of worship, and that's fine. But when it becomes taken out of context in the sense of we are trying to reach people that do not understand the Christian world, we've got to just be careful, just hold back a bit with your enthusiasm, speak to them because they don't know. You, know, you can be enthusiastic on the inside, Make sure you just don't go too loony on the outside. <laughs> you know, I've had encounters like that in other meetings of churches where people touch on you. Hey, brother, you washed by the blood of the lamb. Have you been, do you know the lamb was slain for you? And, and I thought, if I was a non-Christian right now, I have no idea what they're talking about. I think he's lost it. You know, but that's what I mean. You've got to make contact. You've got to make friendships first. And let them get to know who you are. Let the barriers come down, and then you can talk that stuff. You can start to share things and whatever. We've got to actually press in. We are called to proclaim the gospel, the gospel of the kingdom, the kingdom of God. Jesus' whole ministry was established on this one thing, the kingdom of God. Do a word search on the kingdom of God. You'll see it come up everywhere. The kingdom of God came into history one person, Jesus Christ, to break the power of Satan and death. It, was, it will be completed when he returns. And we're excited because I can see signs of him returning. Amen. When we look at how Jesus started his ministry, we turn to Luke chapter 4, verse 16. And it says, And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And the book of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him, and unrolling the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim deliverance to the captives, new sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who haven't been crushed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Jesus' message is very clear. He came to proclaim the kingdom to each one of us. His simple message to us is in Matthew 6.33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Our first place, our first call above all things that are going on in this world is seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. But what does that mean? We hear a lot about the kingdom. What is the kingdom? Okay, when we think of kingdom, sometimes my imagination will go to seeing these movies that we see. You know the movies, you see King Arthur or someone, and like, you know, there's this kingdom, there's this castle, uh, and we sort of don't quite get the concept here. The kingdom of God is the reign or the rule of God, like because a king reigns over an area, a realm, 
And so it's the reign of God. So the kingdom of God is the reign or the rule of God. So God's rule. And we see uh, people thinking that it's a castle. Jesus is pretty clear here. He says in Luke 17, 21, Neither shall they say, though here or there, for behold, the kingdom of God is within you. If you're looking for the kingdom, you won't find it out there. Like, where is it? On the hill, is it? You, you, it's not there because it's within you. As a believer, it's within you. The kingdom of God is within you. It's a completely different concept of seeing a castle on a hill. The kingdom of God is the gift or the gospel of uh, the kingdom is of salvation. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, So that if anyone is in Christ, that one is a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So if you have the kingdom of God in you, you are a new creature. You are a new creation of God. The old has gone and there's a new thing. You know, it directs you differently. And I know it directs me differently, how I think. Because quite often you can get the occasional flashback from BC, before Christian, <laughs> before you were Christian, and you go, no, no, I don't think like that anymore. Uh, I often joke about my criminal mind. <laughs> not, not that I'm into crime, but I'm just saying as an, I like to work out how I could do something. When I was in the Bank of England um, in London, my cousin took us on a foot tour and he took us to the Bank of England. He said, you want to see a gold bar? I said, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll be in that. So I'm going to show you a gold bar. And I thought he was physically going, oh, there you go. <laughs> it wasn't like that. In, in the display, they have a plastic sort of casing with these bars and that. And there's a little cutout you can put your hand in and you can actually get your hand under the bar and just lift it up and it's locked by four corners. So it's just up and down. Do you know where my mind went straight away? It wasn't like, oh, that's amazing. That must be worth a bit. My whole mind was going, how could I get this out of here? <laughs> and I turn, I go, oh, hacksaw, cut it in half, you know. <laughs> But that's the mindset, your old mindset, right? When we are a new creation, there, our thinking changes. Our thinking is different. It's not the same. We care about people. Wherever we go, oh, that person, you know, if they seem broken down the side of the road, oh, that's all right. Suddenly it's like, no, I'm going to help this guy. I'm going to pull over and help him, you know. And, and I've done that before, and sometimes, uh, it, yeah, it just really blows people away when you stop. I mean, these days it's a little bit different from the older days because everyone's got a mobile phone. So even when you rock out, oh, no, it's all right, man, I've just rung somebody to come in. Um, and I don't advise girls to be doing that, especially if guys are involved. But I'm just saying there's something different where you want to help somebody. You know, your old self is more selfish, like it's about me, you know. You don't see other things because you're looking at yourself. It's all about me. Look at me. Oh, there's a mirror. Oh, look at me. <laughs> and uh, we, we have this thing about what's best for me, how it affects me. That's your old self. When you're a new self, like, it's about others. It's about how can I help somebody? Oh, what can I do for you today? That is the gospel message. And that's the kingdom of God. That's what we're pressing forward into, the changed life, the transformed life that should be in us and continually moving forward. Every year, like New Year's, Happy New Year, we start something. But we should be challenging ourselves to say, have I changed? Do I look the same as what I did last year in my, in my walk with God? Has anything changed? Well, if it hasn't, it needs to. Because we're not those that shrink back. We're not those that are stationary. We are pressing forward. We're moving. The kingdom of God is always moving forward. It's not pulling back. You know, we're not giving the ground to the enemy. 
The kingdom of God is the realm which God's reign is experienced through power. If you have the power of God in you, you've got the kingdom of God in you, you know there's power in there. When Jesus spoke, he had the kingdom of God, he's proclaimed the kingdom of God, the rule of God, the power. And you know who was subservient to, to that? The demons. Demons tremble at the name of Jesus. Powers of darkness tremble at the name of Jesus. And guess what? If you're a believer, you have that power within you. The devil is scared of you. He just doesn't want you to know that. He thinks, well, I keep you scared of me. I have power over you. But if you ever find out, if you ever find out that you have power over me, I'm gone. We need to understand we have all power and authority. I remember when I was at college years ago, a lecturer told us a story how God really spoke to him through that moment. There was an altar call and one day at this church, and uh, a guy starts manifesting, and he's getting violent, whatever, and a couple of ushers whizzed them off to the side entrance and took him out into a back hall. And uh, he thought, oh, it's all good. It's all been taken care of. You know, I'd have to worry about that. And then he started, he started hearing tables and chairs being thrown around. It's like the Hulk letting loose in one of the rooms, throwing things around. And he's going, oh, my goodness. And he said, I felt, like, scared. I don't know what to do. You know, these guys obviously need help. And he said, I just felt like running to go get somebody. <laughs> but then suddenly God says, what are you running for? You have the kingdom, the power of God in you. Turn around and go deal with it. Oh, me? <laughs> Turns around and he said, suddenly he just felt like he stepped into an Iron Man suit. <laughs> and, and, and he just declared the words of God. He said, I just felt like a different person because the power of God came upon me because I was willing to open and step out in faith. And he, he said to this guy that had a chair, he had a chair over his head, he's about to hit somebody with it. He says, put that chair down in the name of Jesus, come out of him. And the guy put it down and everything was under control. See, when you realize you have the power of God within you, it will change your approach on everything. You will not be scared. The demons are going to be scared of you. They're going to be scared of you. We have the kingdom of God in us. We have the power to heal. Jesus said you have the kingdom within you. It's within you. That means it can come out of you. It needs to be proclaimed. It needs to be practiced. It needs to be, everything needs to be involved there. We can lay hands on the sick. And look, people have done that and people go, oh, but nothing happened. I'm just, well, I don't do that anymore. It's a bit embarrassing. I did it last time and nothing happened. Don't be embarrassed. Just keep going back because it's faith that will change things. God is pleased by faith. It's impossible to please God without faith, it says in Hebrews 11, uh, 6. You must push through in faith. Okay, nothing happened now, but I'm going to keep going for this. I'm going to keep believing. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep praying and believing, and you're going to see a breakthrough. And I've heard this time and time again from people that just said, hey, nothing happened, but that's okay. The Word of God says, lay hands on the sick and they shall be healed. So I'm going to keep doing it. 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 I'm not going to stop. Whatever happens, happens. But what I'm not going to do is lack faith and run away because that's what the devil wants. You get the devil speaking in your ear sometimes, going, ah, he's not going to get healed. You look like a wally. You look stupid. Think about yourself. Don't, don't, don't do it. That's the sort of voice of the devil. You've got to learn to say, shut up, devil. The Word of God says. That's what Jesus declared in the wilderness. For it is written... It is written, and if it's written, it's a contract from God. It's the power and the word of God. If it is written, it will be. So shall it be. If you have the power of God in you, the kingdom in you, you can speak the words of the kingdom, and it has to operate because they come from heaven. 
the rule of God in you operate. You are representative. It's like in the courts, they make laws. They make decisions in the court. But it's made by, say, a couple of judges or politicians that are involved or whatever. But that law goes through to the police. So it'd be a, the police is now has the authority to act on that court decision, to police it, to do that. It's like us. Our God, the great judge, has made decisions, and we can act on that. We have the authority. The kingdom is in us. So we need to push forward in these things. For it says in 1 Corinthians 4.20, For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. There is power. Luke 9.1, when Jesus called the twelve together, He gave them power and authority to drive out demons and to cure diseases. And He sent them to, out to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Wow. What are you waiting for, people? Jesus said, I've given you the keys. Keys to the kingdom. The keys. It's like if I threw you my keys right now, you could take off in my car. That's why I'm not giving them to you. <laughs> But if you have it, you have the power, you have authority to drive that. Jesus has given us as a believer that power and that authority. I love this one. Romans 14, 17. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Peace and joy in the Holy You know, we can go through tribulation, trouble times and that, but we have joy. We have peace because we have the kingdom within us. You know, when, that's why I said people like, look at you, why, why are you so happy all the time? Why are you smiling? You've got the kingdom inside. Kingdom, man. It's the kingdom. Yeah. It's the kingdom. Yeah, it's the kingdom. Yeah. Really? What's the kingdom? Well, let me tell you. Sit down. I'll tell you. Look for reasons. Look for excuses. I do that. I set people up all the time to ask me the right questions. People say, oh, you know the scripture says, do the work of the evangelist. Right? You may not be an evangelist by gifting, but you can do the work of the evangelist. So you're looking for opportunities because you've got the kingdom in you, so you can speak out those words. So I used to work in a youth hostel, and I was told, even though I was run by a particular department, I won't tell you who it is, a Christian organization. They go way back. They have brass, but no, I won't tell you. But anyway, uh, lovely people, but they've been taken over by the government. So I had people working in this Christian organization that actually told me they were atheists. I thought, how can you sign a declaration of faith in the belief of the company you're working for if you are an atheist? Don't get that one. I was told I was not allowed to speak the name of Jesus and not allowed to talk about church only if the kids that I was looking after asked me questions. I thought, fair enough. I'll just make sure they ask me the questions. <laughs> So simple things, and you can do this wherever you are. I do that. I set people up all the time where I am. I ask key questions. Like to this young one, I'd, I'd come to work, and they say, I'd say, oh, gee, I'm in a rush. I've just come from my other job because I was working here at the same time. And they, of course, I know they're going to ask a question. Oh, what's your other job? Oh, I'm a pastor. You're what? Yeah. <laughs> Gives me an opportunity to talk. And I had a couple of people even report me to the managers, but they couldn't do anything because the kid had asked me. I mean, first, I've even reported by a Christian organization because I, I spoke about God because they asked me questions. I don't know. Get, does my head in. But anyway, look for those things. You know, I, I go to cafes and things, and when I get to know people, they, they will say, how are you? And I say, oh, great. Had a fantastic week. 
There's the hook. Oh, well, what did you get up to? They want to know, so you can draw them in. Well, interesting you asked. <laughs> you know, I went to church. We had this great presentation, blah, 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 blah. You tell me, oh. So you can, you're not Bible bashing them because they're actually asking you. It's the art of getting them to ask you rather than you keep telling them. So I set them up. I show them photos of things, all sorts. I've got things on my camera, on my phone. I say, hey, look, this is what we did on the weekend. Oh, yeah. And they go, oh, that's amazing. Wow. So it gets them curious about church, curious about what you get up to. What does the church do? What does it, I, I get people coming in here. Um, I gave one of our old fridges away to a cafe down the road here. And, and I said, come pick it up. And they said, oh, yeah, I've seen your church. I said, well, come and have a tour of the church. <laughs> Took them all through. This is amazing. We didn't know it was like this. We didn't see people have different expectations out there to what is really in here. But we need to use those opportunities where we can to press through with the kingdom of God in our lives, extending it to others so they can see that which we get excited about it. People always say, You're so excited. You know, I said, Yeah, well, I've got a reason to. The power of God is working through each of us to change us. Paul put it this way, no longer I live, but Christ lives in me. When you think that through, that means, that means there's no room for you anymore. Your old ways, your old way of thinking, there's no ways because now I'm, I've been renewed. My mind has been renewed. Put on the mind of Christ. I think differently. I act differently, as I said earlier. We need to be renewed. There's a change taking place daily daily. It says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. That means you're working it out. It's not just a done deal. Oh yeah, I was in a service one day. I put my hand up for Jesus and that was great. Have you been back to church? No. No, you doing anything? No. No, but I did put my hand up. Well, I said, well, that's great, but it's an ongoing thing. It's not a one event. It's a continual event. It hasn't ended. Jesus said these important words in John 3, 3. He says, I tell you the truth. No one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. This morning, to enter into this kingdom, if you are not part of his kingdom, if you've never given your life to Jesus, you need to be born again. You were born once as in a physical birth, but you need to be born again of the spirit of God. You need that transformation. Otherwise, you will not see the kingdom of God. Unless you are born again, this will not make sense to you. I've demonstrated before, like, like it's like putting the lights out, totally dark, and we're bumping into things, don't know what things are, but we just stumble on in life. We keep going, like, and suddenly one day you have an encounter, someone switches the lights on, you suddenly see it all for how it is. And you go, oh my goodness. This is when the power of the kingdom of God comes upon you. When you are born again, something is transformed to you. Something has changed and you see things now that you never saw before. I didn't see that. I never saw that. And it's like that as you get into the Word of God. You'll read that and go, oh, it's a new Christian. I read that. Yeah, I don't need to read that again. I'll read it again and go, oh my goodness. How did I miss that? It's like you're reading another chapter, but it's the same chapter, but suddenly God is speaking to you because the kingdom of God is alive in you and it's growing in you and it's affecting you and you're seeing things completely different. But this morning, the most important thing is if we're going to move in the kingdom of God, we must be born again. We must have that kingdom experience. And I want to give you an opportunity this morning if you haven't given your life to Christ to do that. So I just want everyone just to close their eyes, bow their head.
I want to give you this opportunity right now. Jesus' simple instructions was seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first. Not second, not last, not when you have time, but seek first. This morning, if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, you've never been born again of God's Spirit, you don't know what it's like to be, feel forgiven because Jesus will forgive you of your past and give you hope for the future. If you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, you'd like to do that this morning, I want to give you that opportunity. That's a simple prayer to invite Him into your life, ask Him forgiveness of your sin and start to live for Him. If that's you in this place right now or over this auditorium, just raise your hand wherever you are and I'll see that hand and I want to pray with you. Amen. I'll see that hand. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Because the message of the God, the message of God requires a response always. Whether you're a Christian or not, there's something there that always requires a response. When Jesus says, therefore, go out into all the nations, preach the gospel, there has to be a response. And the response is not, that was a good read. The response is, okay, God, I heard it. We speak the word amen in the context of the Hebrew word amen means when you say amen, you're not just agreeing, but you're saying, I've heard what you said and now I'm going to live like that. So be careful how you say your amens. Let us just say the sinner's prayer together. The person raised their hand, let's just all join in and support that one decision. Repeat after me, dear Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me. I believe you died on the cross to pay for my sin. And that you rose again from the dead. I receive you now as Lord and Savior. And I invite you to come into my life and live there forever. I ask now in your name. Amen. Amen. If you've... If you've prayed that today, that is what's called the sinner's prayer. That's an invitation to come into the kingdom of God, to be born again. And if you've done that, we'd love to meet up with you after this, help you on your journey in that whole uh, realm. But this morning, I also want to pray for those that really need, I just sense that God really wants, God really wants to how can I put this in a nice way? You know, sometimes the Bible's pretty blunt with words when you actually see the original translation. So I'm going to say it as I feel it. So excuse the language, but God wants to kick some people up the bum. All right? I know that sounds weird, but that's, that's how it keeps coming to me. It's time to get real about your faith. It's time for you to make a stand for what you believe. Not what everyone else thinks about you, whatever people think you should be doing, but making a stand for what you believe. I don't care if I'm the last person standing. I'm going to stand for what I believe. You know, I've already had a few... Yeah, words said about me, I don't care. I don't care because I expect that. When people talk about me because I stand for my faith, I go, great, I'm doing something. If I'm disturbing and upsetting the devil, I know there's a breakthrough moment coming. And it should be like that. So don't go like, oh, they call me a mean name. They don't like me. They don't like you. Jesus said people won't like you because of me, because of my name. So understand that. If they don't like you, don't get offended by that. That means because they see the kingdom of God in you. They see the power of God coming out of you. And it doesn't mean you just be nasty to them either. 
You still reach out for them. You still pray that they would change and turn. And each one of us can this morning. Let me just close in prayer this morning. And if you've got any prayer requests this morning, sorry, if you've got any prayer needs this morning, you're welcome to come forward. We're going to pray for you out the front as we do every week because the power of the kingdom of God is demonstrated in, in the power of healing, the power of uh, deliverance, the power of all things. So let's believe that. Heavenly Father, I thank you today. Actually, can we all stand? I like to stand when we're talking to God. Father, I just thank you for your presence here today through your spirit. And Father, we thank you for your word, which is all truth. And I pray today, God, that somebody heard that. Somebody was transformed by that. Someone is challenged by that because your word is to challenge us, to keep us on that narrow road that leads to life, not to get onto that broad one that leads to destruction. And I pray this morning, God, you're stirring in each one of us that desire to serve you more, to be a greater witness to who you are and to live a greater life in all aspects of what your assignment is for each one of us. Father, I thank you this day for your goodness towards us. Father, give us boldness, give us courage, give us strength for the days ahead, for we will need it because we know the evil one will come looking for us to attack like a roaring lion. But your word says to stand firm. And God, we stand firm on your truth. And it says he will flee. Amen. He will flee. Father, we thank you today. I pray for everybody here that God, you give them boldness, courage, strength to stand for the days ahead. Stand for righteousness. Seek first the kingdom of God. Amen.